I would uh, would like to go to uh, the first epistle of Peter, uh, the fifth chapter. First Peter chapter five. Uh, and I really I the thoughts that I have on my mind uh, this morning are just in the first uh, first parts of this this chapter. Uh, I'll start at verse 1 and come down as, as we see Peter coming through uh, his thoughts here. Uh, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and... Also, a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So he begins uh, <clears throat> here in this chapter uh, addressing the elders, uh, which are among them here. Uh, he, he's exhorting them, encouraging them. Uh, and when I read that first verse, I think I consider what um, Peter has gone through, what he has experienced, and what he has, he says some of it right right there. He's also an elder, uh, and he's a witness of the sufferings of Christ. Uh, we certainly know that he witnessed those sufferings at the time of the arrest of Jesus, right there, tried to physically defend Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and... Uh, as he pulled his sword, uh, and then uh, w- witnessed the sufferings of Jesus from that that point forward, uh, and before that, he was there. Uh, whether or not he witnessed the crucifixion, we don't know. It's not mentioned, but we can't. Do, we we should never assume things. Oh, it doesn't say. It says that John was there and all, but not these others. So oh, they weren't there. No, we we can't assume and so forth and get get trapped that way but he did, he was a witness of those and he's also he is a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed as this morning as i was trying to think some more on on what was on my mind and then reading some verses and supporting texts and so forth i i, I kind of got into this glory here, and <clears throat> this is mentioned again, and then Paul mentions it many times in this glory, but, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll move past that right now. But, but we are partakers of that now. We have the earnest of our inheritance, Amen. and we partake of that yes, now. Uh, and he continues this sentence here. He says, he tell these elders, feed the flock of God. And I know I've come through here before on other subjects and, and, and so forth, but I want to get down to a certain subject. And there's a word in here, a thought, as I lead to what, be, what began my thoughts on this. But anyway, uh, feed the flock of God which is among you. So feed them. Certainly feed them with the gospel. 
the gospel message. Feed them. It's nourishment and all. We, they need it. We need it. But also there's protection there. There is defense. There's protection. It's, it, they, they are under shepherds. We see that. And it, it mentions in a moment the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. So we are not, the, uh, there is no, nowhere in this, on this planet is there a chief shepherd of all of the church of Jesus Christ. He is the chief shepherd. That's who we look to. We had, we had better, as under shepherds, uh, look to, to, to him. But anyway, uh, uh, so it says, uh, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Taking the oversight. You can do that without uh, lording over, uh, which it, it says that in the next verse, jumping ahead. But taking the oversight. Uh, and I, I tell you what, if, if a, a shepherd, an under-shepherd, uh, if we look to our chief shepherd in that function of the ministry then, and look at how Christ does that then, and follow that example then. We can't go. We can't go wrong on that. Right. We go wrong, <laughs> but uh, he he guides us in that, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, not because we have to. If I felt constrained to do what I do, uh, to preach the gospel. To to uh, to uh, serve as a pastor, if it was simply by constraint, then uh, that that would not be good. And I should just I should give that up. It's not by constraint, and we'll see in a moment some de- some uh, descriptive terms on what it should be. Uh, but I, I don't I don't feel I don't feel that way. I never have felt that way. Uh, and, and, and they say that if you, if you can quit preaching, uh, then you should. You should. Just quit. And if you don't feel that burning within you, then uh, either you weren't called to preach in the first place or that gift has been removed from you. Has your eternal... Has that, Preacher who now has quit preaching, has anything changed in his eternal life, in his destination? No. No, it hasn't. Not one bit. But in that walk of life, things would drastically change. Uh, so it's not by, not by constraint, but willingly, willingly do that. Uh, Willingly, but then he goes, and then there's another negative here: not for filthy lucre. The and it doesn't say anywhere that money is the root of all evil. The love of money, the love of money. So many people leave that that word out. You know, the love of money, coveting that 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 money, and all. But not for filthy lucre. Not for that reason. Uh, now. Uh, uh, in the Primitive Baptist Church, I read uh, of in, in old minutes back uh, in, at, at uh, associations or church record books back in the 1800s and 1900s and so forth, uh, and it seemed like that would have never been an issue. Uh, 
to, to do it for the money. You see that, for, for an example, last week I was reading of an association, uh, some minutes, and in, in its entirety, the donations financially for that entire association uh, for the ministry uh, was donated and set aside, I think, $13.50. $13.50. $13.50 was given. Uh, I maybe shouldn't have brought that up. Don't get any ideas on this. You know, I'm just telling you. Because uh, I, I tell you what. And in, in, in no, no, what I have seen, experienced in my ministry, or as I was exercising uh, the gift that God had given me, that I've seen the generosity of the churches. Uh, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And it is the duty of a church to do that. So, you know, there's always, there's always a line. There's always a line. Uh, balancing act. Not for filthy lucre. But then it, it he, he uh, and he still hasn't ended the sentence here in this second verse, but he says, but of a, uh, not for these reasons, but feed the flock of God, uh, but of a ready mind. A ready mind. Certainly, uh, be pre- prepared, be ready, prepared. But there's more to this. It's an, there's an eagerness there. And that, that jumped out at me, that here, to be a, of a ready mind. So not only do it willingly, it's like, okay, that seems like our, a minister's reasonable service. It's willingly, not by constraint, not for filthy lucre, or for whatever other reason. Because you will get into other issues uh, uh, and uh, so not for, uh, I think fame is a bad word, fame or power or whatever it is. You know, uh, I don't want to get into that because that's not my point today. But do it eagerly, enthusiastically. And that's, that's, that's how I need, to, I need to follow Peter's uh, counsel here uh, in that respect. Uh, and and uh, because I tell you what, if I'm dragging around, uh, depressed, or think, well, okay, I'll I'll go, and I you know I'm, I'm, I have to try to preach and so forth. No, I should be. And and there have been there, sometimes it stands out more than other times. It's it's more prevalent of what I'm about to describe. But I, I'll study through on something uh, and have thoughts on my mind uh, uh, throughout the week. And I am uh, maybe by Thursday afternoon, it's like I am ready to go. It's like I cannot wait to tell God's people about this, whatever it may be. Sometimes it may be not so much, but typically it's like, okay. And, and I tell you what, in that, a minister has the uh, uh, the uh, certainly the unction uh, and the feeling that and the expectation the hope if you will that God's going to bless it right. if it's not then I don't care how eager I am and enthused and excited about uh, presenting something to God's people it's not going to work out if God is not in that as we know but so we have to have that hope. And I have to have it long before Sunday. <laughs> and I prepare long before Sunday. And we all should. I've, I've, this is, I've, told, I've said this and counseled you to prepare for Sunday service. As soon as we say amen today, <laughs> you start on the next one and all. 
And then I think, well, you know, we're supposed to uh, uh, pray for our daily bread, pray for today and so forth. There's, you have to balance everything in moderation. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and all. But uh, anyway, so, uh, so I hope that I'm always eager to do that. Uh, I remember, again, and I, I'm thankful and I hope I always go back to uh, the day of my ordination to the ministry. And uh, I can go back to my ordination as a as a deacon uh, in Houston. But anyway, I remember thinking on that day, uh, and uh, uh, that uh, within myself, I hoped that I would never lose the uh, the uh, strong feeling and desire, the delight in preaching the gospel that I had then, in two thousand six, and and those several years prior as I exercised, as I tried to fill the stand in those churches that had no pastors. Uh, I prayed that day that I would not lose that, that uh, eagerness, that ready mind. Because if I did, I would, I would need to quit. And it's, it's, it's difficult in that uh, when because every time a man rises to preach the gospel, every every single time he does not always preach. God, if God withdraws, if whatever reasons, and I tell you what, the times that uh, then I've talked to other ministers about this because it's very important to me. But the times that it so I strongly felt that. Uh, to where, uh, wherever the whatever the scenario was, uh, uh, that uh, the, uh, the first thing I I tend to do is as I go on through the next several verses is to look at a certain thing within myself that God teaches us here in these next few verses that we need to keep an eye on, and 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 it's a difficult thing, uh, but uh, and. Uh, you know, sometimes things just, they just take place. They just happen and all. But uh, in, anyway, I, I, could, I could digress, but I'll, I won't. Uh, so be of a ready mind. Then it says in the third verse, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. I mean, I would much rather someone maybe see or witness or hear something that I say, and it it being blessed as a good example of being uh, handled the right way than to uh, to lord over and say, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do. Just that, that example or in sample, as it's, as it's worded, to be that way. But God has to bless that. If he doesn't, then someone's going to see something I say or do and it won't be right. It's like, no, that's not right. And 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 children of God, they, they know that. They know that. Uh, so not being as lords over. Now there's the balancing. So uh, taking the oversight thereof, but neither as being lords over God's heritage. If you come come with the frame of mind of a servant then... That's very helpful. And as I continue, and right now he's talking to the elders, ministers. That's fixing to change here. He's going to talk to others 
in a moment. Uh, so he ends that, that first sentence from the first verse down to the uh, third. And, and now then, here's the, And when the chief shepherd, fourth verse, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So here's that glory again. And not only glory, but a crown of glory. Now a crown, uh, and, and this is not speaking of this uh, diadem, uh, this, the, the, this, really the crown of royalty. It's an adornment. It's an adornment. And in many places, it, it was someone you know, in Greece and so forth, they would run races. They would be awarded something for winning that race or completing the race, whatever it was. Uh, flowers and so forth, wreaths or adornments, and also that's kind of what this is referring to. Now, in um, I'm going to go to the Apostle Paul real quick in uh, Philippians, <clears throat> Philippians the fourth chapter. In the in the fourth ver uh, the fourth chapter, the first verse. Paul refers to this. And there's, there's many places. Um, he says, Paul says, the Philippians, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, this is who he's talking to, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for. Remember, he, he said, I thank my God for every remembrance of you. He was fond of these people here. And he says, and he continues in describing these people, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and my crown. What was his crown? It was those people. It was those people. In this, in, in the subject of which I'm about to enter uh, back over in First Peter, then uh, he is doing what Peter then counsels not only elders, but everyone, talking about humility here, humbleness, lowliness, but he's doing that there. What, he, it's not his crown. They were his crown. He is outwardly saying, you all are my crown, my, this, this uh, 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 crown of glory. Uh, uh, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And I, I, may, I may come back to this this chapter in a moment, uh, or the next chapter there. In, in, uh, but anyway, uh, another verse. But so I, again, I don't want to get off on that on this crown of glory at this point. But and we know that when it says when the chief shepherd shall appear, certain first thing I go to is resurrection. When he appears, when we will see him, when he calls our name and so forth. He also appears here, though. Right. He, he, there is an appearing here. Amen. So there is a different appearing. Uh, so I'm almost like throwing a bunch of subjects out here for you. But uh, anyway, but I'm not going to go go through it because I want to get to what, what you know, I'm leading up to. And what Peter, really, same way, going right verse by verse, what Peter was telling, the writing them here. Now, he, uh, there's something stuck in the middle of this, and it's the only place. Uh, I'll read the first uh, sentence of the f- fifth verse. He says, Likewise, ye younger, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Submit yourselves unto the elder. 
ye younger. So he's speaking to the younger. Now, this is not only young in chronology, of the age. And, and yet it is. It's some of that. To the older, elder. Uh, and uh, if you look up, it's the same word. The first verse, the elders which are among you. Uh, and then here, this word elder. It's the same word. It's presbyter. It's, it's a minister, but then in that definition, it's the older by age. Right. Submit yourselves to the elder. Right. So the young are supposed to do that. Now, and yet it's not only, I said it's not only by, by age, uh, but uh, I, I finally, when I, when I uh, jokingly introduced my brother Mark as my older brother, and he's not. I'm eight years older than him. And so I'm, 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 if this is the Internet still working, now that's out there for everyone to hear. I'm eight years older than Mark. Uh, but with him uh, and so many other ministers that come to my mind now, to me, they, they are my uh, fathers in the ministry. I think, of Stephanie, of your, your brother Mark, another Mark, and, and so many others. And it's, it's amazing as you elders in the congregation realize that it's, it seems like more and more I find everyone's younger than me. <laughs> I look around and I realize that. But uh, I, look, I look to them. I, I follow them because they're following Jesus Christ, as Paul said. Don't follow him unless he's following the footsteps of Jesus Christ. But I look to them. So, so they are older than, than me in that respect. In their ministry, the years, let's see, uh, Mark, Mark, my brother, was ordained in 1992. Uh, I was in 2006. He, he has so many years uh, on, on me and others. So we look to them. So uh, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Uh, be submissive. Be submissive in that and, uh, uh, and uh, submit yourself to the elder. And it includes the young. Uh, where, where's the age cut off? I don't know, any if you're younger <laughs> than that other, other one. But again, so he, he puts that sentence in there. But then Peter goes on, yay, all of you, the elders, the younger, Okay, now he's talking to everyone, all of you. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another. Almost like when he made this statement, likewise, you younger submit yourselves to the elder. It's like, well, come to think of it, all of you subject yourselves one to another. That's what we're to do. So he's no longer just talking to elders. Well, he is. Because it's all of you. And the young, yeah, it's all of you. Uh, submit yourselves one to another. So not a, someone's exactly the same age. If they're older, if they're younger, we submit ourselves to them. Uh, and I, even haven't, I haven't even gotten to the word that, that, that uh, this is concentrating on to lead to a, a, a good reason for this if you need one. Uh, all of you, uh, yeah, all of you, be subject one to another, 
and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with you. Exactly. Tony. <laughs> Brother Tony. Huh. Be clothed with humility. Uh, that's if I, when I read through these verses, okay, the word that we use too often, whatever. Yeah, no, that that we need to stop there. Be clothed with humility. That's how else are we to subject ourselves one to another, to our elders, either chronologically or or in in stature in in in, in the ministry, whatever it is. How are we to do that? But that we have, we take on that uh, uh, that uh, distinction and characteristic of Jesus Christ of lowliness. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I am meek and lowly at heart. Jesus Christ said that. But Jesus Christ is a king. He is the king, and yet I am meek and lowly. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My, my burden is uh, light. And, and I tell you what, that's only when we're burdened down with things in this life, whatever it is, then how, then how are we taught to relieve that burden that we have taken on ourselves? We put on even more another yoke, which is Jesus Christ, and it's, we're relieved of that. I'm for that. I am so uh, selfish that I want to know how do I relieve myself of these things. And he gives us plenty to do that. He gives us this on how to do it. Be subject to one to another and be clothed with humility. Uh, and I haven't finished this, this particular sentence yet in this fifth verse, but... Clothed with humility, that word clothed, there's another, you look underneath that and there's another very familiar word. And it comes from John, Gospel of John chapter 13, where Jesus, he uh, laid aside his garment and he girded himself with a towel. It's to gird yourself. And in our communion service, we always, I try to mention that. That that part of the service, the feet washing, it is all about humility. It is about Jesus Christ setting that example for us. He girded himself. And in all of that, it's the garments that they would wear. They're knotted and tied. They're clothed with those things. Gird yourself with humility is what that means. Be clothed with humility. Now then he says, um, for, for God resisteth the proud. He resisteth. He opposes. So God, here we have something given to us in the inspired word of God. God is telling, and oh, who is he talking to? All of you. God resisteth the proud, uh, so he opposes them. Uh, that is one of the first things in which I uh, inwardly look. When I fail at something, uh, I shouldn't say always. 
There's some other I'm thinking, you know, scenarios at work and stuff. Well, no, I know it's this guy's fault that this happened. You know, we all no, but I bet typically, and it's certainly in the church. Like, what did I do to mess this up? That's the way I, I look. Well, I, I hope that God is blessing me with the fruit of the Spirit, showing that fruit, exhibiting, manifesting that fruit of of uh, meekness, lowliness. That I need to look at myself. And if I go from there and find no reason for this, then the first thing I have done, maybe, is to follow what the Lord has said and what Peter has written here. uh, That that we are to be clothed and girded with humility uh, and, and not be puffed up. And I tell you what, and this, doing this... It's not human nature. It's not in our nature to do that. It's got to be this, our spiritual nature, the nature of God within us if we are to uh, become lowly in serving him and subjecting ourselves one to another. That is from the spirit of God. So immediately when, when we are blessed to see that we've been able to do that, if that's the fruit of the Spirit, what can you think? What's the next thought you should think? I am a born-again child of God. Born-again child of God. If that's true, if that happens, otherwise well, otherwise you wouldn't even you read this. This is just foolishness, you know. But So, so this humility, it, it, it's a tough thing. But, and I haven't, still haven't finished this verse, For God resisteth or opposes the proud. And giveth grace to the humble. Uh, now in Proverbs, Peter just quoted a proverb right there. Proverbs uh, three and thirty four says, uh, "Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly." That's the humble, the lowly, the meek. So again, in my typical fashion, okay, I don't want God to oppose me and to resist me. And this, and where does being proud, where does pride get us anyway? Well, there's more, there's plenty on that in God's word. Go look that subject up and f- follow it through. There's going to be a fall. Yeah, I'll be lowly, <laughs> finally. But... He says, uh, you know, he giveth grace to the humble. That's, that's what I desire then. I don't want him to oppose me or resist me. Oh, how do I receive grace from God? You remain lowly. And there's another. I have, in, in, my, in my ministry, I have given so many places that uh, we have to continually look, the things that we have to continually work on. I talked about repentance before and, and, and all and different things. It just, it's a constant. It's not like a neat, nice, neat little checkbox. I'm done with that. Okay, I've become humble, lowly. I can mark that off now. No, maybe for that moment. I was going to say maybe for that day, maybe not even for that moment. <laughs> so just, just, think about, just think about that. Um. Uh, <clears throat> And so, so in this, uh, 
Uh, let me go to real quickly and speak since I'm on to this uh, humility. In Galatians. The, um, the fifth chapter, I want to get a couple of things here, but, uh, well, let me go ahead and hit this, the 23rd verse in that fifth. Uh, he is, the 22nd, 23rd verse, he is, and he is listing, he's listing, uh, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. We, these are the things that we receive in regeneration. When, whenever you and I were born again, when the work of Jesus Christ, his shed blood, was applied to us vitally in our lives, and within our natural lives, uh, when, when we are born again, we are given, it's not just, well, I was given, you know, four of these and not the rest or something. No, we, we receive all those. You may read it and think, oh, this doesn't sound like me. <laughs> But when I'm in the 23rd verse, meekness is one of those. The others, you can kind of, you can kind of see all these working together here, but meekness, lowliness. So that is, that's where I have scripture to tell you that when you are blessed to exercise and, and gird yourself, clothe yourself in humility then, then that is evidence that you are a child of God. That's it. Now, if I back up in this chapter here, of fifth chapter of Galatians, it says in the 16th verse, Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. There's, there is a huge difference. I guess I would have to define here. There's a big difference. There is a difference in... Uh, being a child of God, born again child of God, so you're, you're that. And then being a disciple of Jesus Christ. There are many that are, are children of God, and they are not disciples. You can see that. You can see that. Now, uh, that they are not. And so he's saying, walk in the Spirit. That's something else, continually. we got to work on that continually. Girded in humility. And all now, am, am, uh, am I not to? Is it so? A person that I just described who is a born again child of God, but they are not a disciple of Christ. Disciple of Christ, they follow Jesus Christ. They're they're exercising their faith and all, and and, and everything. That's a disciple, and 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 uh, so 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 difference there. But so those that are not, am I as a minister? Am I not supposed to, am I not called on to encourage them to be a disciple? No, I am to do that. I'm to do to encourage them. Am I to uh, uh, tell them it's okay to live like you're living in, in, in listing out uh, the things that are in the 20th verse, the, well, the 19th, 20th verse here, those bad things. I don't encourage them in that, but to to encourage them in that uh, we have witnessed that they are a child of our God. They, they have exhibited this fruit at some point then. There is nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, and there's uh, one of our songs mentions that, uh, Do Not I Love Thee. I guess it is. Is there, is there one a lamb that I'm not to feed and all? If it's a lamb, it's a lamb. It's a sheep. It's not a goat. Never will be a goat. A goat never be. It will be a sheep. It's not. Yeah, so uh, anyway, but he's saying walk in the spirit. Okay, uh, why? And he says, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh that's not only lust, how we would dis- we would think of it maybe initially, but this this lack of humility, this pride, that's part of that because we sometimes covet that. We lust after that. I want to be seen. Well, there's times when I sat down from trying, struggling to preach, and it was struggling, and, and I didn't have any pride then. I wanted to get right under the pew. Just sit still so nobody will see me. I physically have felt that before. Uh, and uh, uh, so he's saying, walk in the spirit and ye will not do this. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We owe that to God. We owe that. Now, if I strive to do that and I fail time and time again, as I've said before, and I'll stand by it, that God still loves you the same. Your place in heaven which is as good a place as anyone else in heaven, is still the same. Okay, well, then I don't have to walk in the Spirit. Now, you, you're going to fight that. You're going to struggle with that. And, and when we go back over here to uh, uh, the fifth chapter of First Peter, he giveth grace to the humble, to the lowly. He gives grace to them. <clears throat> Again in Matthew, blessed, blessed are the meek. Um, so then, let me try to wrap, wrap this up. Sixth verse says, humble yourselves. So again, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. He will lift you up. When we're exalted in a godly manner by God Almighty, we're not... Being exalted is, does not equal uh, being puffed up with pride and so forth. He exalts you. He lifts you up. Well, he's bestowing grace upon you because you're humble. Uh, humble yourselves that, why? That he might may exalt you in due time. So, being humble. Let me split some hairs here. Being humble, being lowly, is not, that is not an attribute of self-hating. You don't, uh, you, you, uh, once again, you, you can go overboard. We, we don't despise ourselves, you know, uh, and I'm not even really talking about false humility. Uh, that's a whole other subject, but true humility, it's not self-hating. It, it, it's, it's not being self-centered. It's not about me. The Apostle Paul, you all are my glory. You're my crown. Uh, so it's not being self-centered. It's, it's self-forgetting. Look at others. Look at God. God is our, is our glory. And we glorify him for that. But he may exalt you in due time. He knows that time. He knows that I may be suffering through something. So I don't understand, you know, depression, whatever it is. 
he, he knows, and he's there. He, he's there. Now then, uh, in the, uh, the last couple of verses that I want here, verse 7 then. And this is actually where I start, began my thoughts and all and trying. And this for me is, it's not impossible. It's next to impossible. It's like that rich young ruler hardly entered in the kingdom. It's, it, he can't, it's hard. I hardly, you know, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Casting all your care upon him. Now, If we are humbled, if we're lowly, if we've girded ourselves in humility and we are meek, then if we're in that frame of mind, isn't it much easier to cast all of our cares upon him? Uh, If we're meek and lowly, isn't it much better? We're not concerned with how we look, how I look, how uh, in other people's eyes. What does it matter? Uh, and uh, because if you express yourself and your opinions and and and, and you're, some people are going to like those and be in agreement, others are not, and uh, you're not going to make friends with everyone. So you can't try to do that. Uh, so if you, you're going to drive yourself crazy, cast all your cares on God, on Jesus Christ. And but leading all up to that, and what hit me with this is. All this leading up to it was humble yourselves. Put on humility. Be lowly. And then he says, after that, and there's a colon at the end of that sixth verse, then he says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Remember that part. He careth for you. So he blesses. And then back up again. Giveth grace to the humble. He'll give you grace to do that. Uh so casting all your and again it's it it is uh, it's it's difficult for me to do that because then I'm trying to walk that line. Okay, we're to uh, oversee. We are to uh, uh, to uh, taking the oversight of the flock, uh, but not for these reasons. But do it eagerly and willingly. Oh, but humble yourselves. Cast all your cares. What all do I put on God? And just okay, just. Leave this alone. And I have, I have been blessed to do that. And God with me, and this is justification by faith for me. It was within myself. Uh, when somehow I was blessed to do that, to just put that on God then. Uh, I was blessed. I could feel that relief. I could feel that grace of God at that point in my life. And, and it was due time. Because he said it would be. He would exalt us in due time. But it's a constant thing. Now, once I've done, tried to do, once I have girded uh, myself, clothed myself with humility uh, 57 times, you think that 58th time's like, okay, I know, I know how this is done. <laughs> I know what I need to do. First off, battle my uh, outer man. Put that aside. And go toward that inner man. Call upon that uh, now let me close in uh, Philippians again uh, the uh, Philippians the fourth chapter 
the sixth, I think it's the sixth verse. Yes. Um, well, I got to read from the fourth down. Two short verses. Rejoice in the, this is fourth chapter of Philippians, fourth verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. And, you know, it's difficult. This is just something for me. I'll just throw this in. Rejoice in the Lord always. As difficult as it is for me to say always and not always, I, I want to put that S on there. Does it matter? No, it's it's always always do this, but always. But I feel like you know what this it's written, and I I, I want to stick to that. Uh, but anyway, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That's justification by works. They see that. They see the fruit of the spirit. And I tell you what, if you got moderation, and some people I some people I just don't know if they do. <laughs> I've run into them. Again, at work or wherever, school, whatever it was. Uh, but uh, it's a fruit of spirit, child of God. Uh, then, it, then he says, uh, Paul says, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Be careful. Be full of care for nothing. That means nothing. Nothing. All it's going to do is give Satan something to divert you from serving God. That's what it's going to do. If you're worried about something, even if it's something, well, I, sh- I should have been nicer to that person and all that. Oh, that's a good thing to think. I should go apologize to him. You're thinking about that. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about that because pretty soon you're delving down into that. And then you've missed, possibly missed a blessing, something. Uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Well, he covered everything there. Uh, By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. May God bless and keep you.